What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Adam Character on the ticket. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's chat a little bit of Husker football. Let's chat a little bit about Illinois. Okay, if you start to look at just a couple of things that Rule said from the press conference today real quickly. Rule said, and I quote, the defense has to learn we're a defensive football team, end quote. I love that because it makes so much sense. And with all due respect, it makes no sense at all. Like the defense has to learn that we're a defensive football team. Here's what that means. It means we're better on defense than we are on offense. So the defense is going to have to carry us for now until the offense can get better. That is what that means. I've been in locker rooms where one side of the ball was much better than the other. And it can be frustrating if you're a defense, for example, that's pretty good and you get the other team off the field and your offense goes three and out and you're right back out there. And then you make a stop, but your offense goes three, four, five or out and you're right back out there. It can be frustrating. But you got to learn that very rarely is the offense and defense the effectiveness equal. Usually one side of the ball is better than the other. If you're an offense and you're putting up points and your defense is getting shredded like hot butter, like a, like a knife through hot butter, that can be frustrating for the offense. Exciting for fans. Let's be honest. That's exciting for fans. But here's my point. We're better on defense. And as bad as we looked last Saturday on, on defense, through, through the first four games, we were clearly better on defense. Other than the second half versus Colorado, Okay, where the defense got wore out, put in bad position after bad position. The defense has clearly carried the offense more than the other way around so far this year. So you got to have that attitude as a defensive player. You can't get mad. You can't get frustrated when you have to go back out there again and again and again and again because you're getting stops more often than not and your offense isn't exactly lighting up the scoreboard. Now, in the second half of most games, we had done better, obviously, this last weekend. What's different? I do consider Michigan to be a, a, a bit of an anomaly. I mean, they're one of the top five teams in the country. They're number two at the moment. So right now, they're one of the top two teams in the country. Okay. But for me, it's one of those things where you've just got to adopt that mentality. Like, if you got to be the leaders on the team, I, I mean, out of our single-digit award winners this year that were voted on by their peers, weren't eight of the guys on defense? I'm pretty sure eight out of the ten were defense. Okay, so that should have told you which side of the ball was stronger to begin with. That should have told you who the leaders on the team are going to be to begin with, who they need to be anyways. And you got to embrace 
You got to accept that role. One other quote, not a ton to take away from rules pressure today, and that's okay. His job isn't to be a highlight reel. His job is to be informative to the degree that he feels he's comfortable with. But here's another quote, end quote. We have guys who can wreck a game. They need to wreck a game, end quote. You know, I love both those quotes. Because if you've been in locker rooms where one side of the ball needs to carry the team until the other side gets better, you get the the defense needs to recognize we're a defensive team. You get what that means. In this last quote that I just read, we have guys who can wreck a game. They need to wreck a game. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. Now, to say anything big-time related currently with Nebraska football isn't the most accurate statement to try to make. My point is this, okay? And I'm just going to talk about guys who stick out in my mind. Michael Jordan came up the biggest in the biggest moments. LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players ever. But early on in his career, he disappeared. And he's a 1,000 levels above me in his sport than I was in mine. No doubt about that. But I still have two eyes that work, ears that hear, and a brain that occasionally functions. So here's my thoughts. The reason most people don't put LeBron on the same level as Jordan is because early on in his career, he would disappear in big moments. And then he went to Miami, and he had to be joined by a bunch of other really good players. Okay? What he did in Cleveland, coming back 3-1 in that final series, I mean, obviously, there's a team around him. And again, Kyrie, I think, hit the shot that actually won Game 7. But it was, it was about LeBron when they beat that 73-win Golden State team. If Golden State wins the finals, they're considered the greatest basketball team of all time, 73 wins plus the finals. But that was LeBron rallying the city of Cleveland and doing it for Cleveland in his own words. Okay, and, you know, in fairness, Jordan had to have Pippen. Horace Grant, when he went away, they brought in Rodman. But here's my point. If you have big-time stats, but you disappear in the biggest of moments, you're not thought of as the same. So we have guys who can wreck a game. They need to wreck a game. In other words, you need to step up when we need you the most. I played with multiple guys in high school. Nebraska, three names popped in my mind immediately that I will not say out loud in the NFL. But there's three guys that popped into my mind immediately in Nebraska. They were studs in practice. I was like, holy crap. These guys are all Americans waiting to happen. And to be clear, all three of them started throughout their careers. But I can't say that they're going to go down as some of the greats when Husker fans think of some of the greatest Huskers of all time because they didn't play the same in games. They, they, they played fine, but they weren't wrecking shop like they did in practice. And I couldn't help but notice with one particular individual, the bigger the game, the more quiet he got. So with his play, now I wasn't uber, and I was going to shock everybody, I wasn't uber vocal as a player at all, at all, to be clear. But I would like to see that my think that my attitude and effort were the same. So here's my point. These are some great, very simple quotes from Matt Rule. Very simple, almost If you just skim them and don't think about it, you're kind of like, well, those are redonkulous. No, they're true. And they make a lot of sense when you stop and think about them. 
All right, let's see if we got anything else from the presser here. All right, according to the the notes I got here, Nebraska had an aggressive full contact Sunday uh, in pads. And the quote with it is, we didn't play at the level we wanted to on Saturday, end quote. Well, I feel like that's, uh, duh. I don't know. I don't think I need to explain that one at all. Yeah, Michigan might be better. They may be a lot better. But I talked about it earlier. We didn't compete from a mental standpoint. And it's that simple. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that quote. That quote just seems to make a ton of sense. All right. See if I got any other final notes here. Okay. Deshaun Singleton is out this Friday for an extended period of time, wishing him a speedy recovery. Luke Reimer out of the hospital and won't play this week, but expected to be back. Reimer was hospitalized with nothing football related. Okay. But, uh, you know, keep those guys in your thoughts. Hopefully they can get back on the field, get healthy sooner rather than later. Now you look ahead to Illinois, just a smidge. And again, Send me your questions, your comments, your concerns. Call or text the people segment 10 minutes away. 402-464-5685. Also, GELandscapesupply.com. And as always, all your football hopes and dreams will come true when you go to CaricaChronicles.com as well. That's CaricaChronicles.com. But real quick, before, there's one key stat that just jumps out at me when it comes to Illinois in that game and it's third downs you look at their game versus Purdue this is a Purdue team who coming into their last game versus Illinois was one and three and I I cover the Big Ten on my Big Ten show they're one of the most disappointing teams in the Big Ten this year their defense has been shredded Ryan Walters who's a defensive guy has to be incredibly frustrated with how his defense had played through the first four games Fresno State walked in to West Lafayette game one of the year and just It was flag football. They threw it well. And what happens? Illinois loses to Purdue 44-19. Ryan Walters gets his first home win of the year. He gets a win versus his former squad in Illinois. This is an Illinois team that was 2-2 before this game against Purdue. Now, when you dissect Illinois' schedule a little bit, and I still haven't gotten to the key stat, because the stats with them and Purdue are not that different. Total yards, rush yards, pass yards, time of possession. Purdue didn't just stomp all over them. I'll get to the stat that stands out for me and how it applies to Nebraska as well, because Nebraska struggled in this same area on Saturday versus Michigan, but I'll get there. Game one, Illinois beats Toledo by two. Okay. Then they lose to Kansas, who's a decent team, but as Texas showed you, and Texas is really good, but they're not like an elite team or anything. They lost by 11 to Kansas. Penn State. Very, very likely could be an elite team this year. Hey, kept it within 17. That's kind of respectable, okay? Then they beat Florida Atlantic by two field goals, by six points. So they're playing and beating some of these lower-level teams, but they ain't exactly smashing them, folks. Then they walk in, play Purdue, and get walloped 44-19. to So I just looked at the point differential, and there are two wins over Toledo and Florida Atlantic. The point differential is a whopping plus eight for Purdue. I'm sorry for Illinois. And in their three losses, it's minus 45 now. And our last loss, it's minus 38 for us. So take that for what you will. I'm sorry, it's actually minus 53. When you add in the plus eight, they're minus 45 on the season. Correction on that. But here's the stat that stood out to me. Because when you look at total yards, yeah, Purdue edges them out in all these stats. But Purdue only had 21 more total yards. That was it. 
Okay. Passing, Illinois actually had more pass yards, 226 to 217. When you look at rushing, it's 189 to 149. Still, it's it's Purdue has the edge, but it's not like they're blowing Illinois off the field. There's actually two stats. Sorry, there's two stats that stood out to me in this game. Time of possession. I mean, Purdue really only had it a couple minutes more than Illinois, but here are the two stats that stood out. And these are the two things that Nebraska has to do well. Number one, third down. Illinois was awful. Two of 13. That's awful. That's like 17, 18% conversion, whereas Purdue was 8 of 13. If the black shirts can get Illinois off the field on third down, that's a gig- That's the difference in this game. That's why Illinois loses 44 to 19, despite only being outgained by 21 total yards and Purdue only having the ball for like two, three more minutes. When your opponent gets six more first downs, they have the same exact amount of attempts, 13 third down conversion attempts. Okay. And Purdue goes eight of 13 and you go two of 13. That's six more first downs. That's the difference in the ball game. That's the difference in the score. That's the separation in the score. Along with penalties, Purdue had three for 15. So three, five yard penalties, Illinois nine for 83, almost double digit in penalties, almost triple digits. Yeah. Kind of in penalty yards, but the big difference is third down conversions. Hey, look at Nebraska. Okay. They weren't exactly phenomenally phenomenal in this. Michigan, it's crazy. Eight of 13 on third downs versus the black shirts. Two of three on fourth downs. Nebraska was three of 10 on third downs and one of three on fourth downs. So they were a combined third and fourth down, four of 13 versus Michigan. Obviously a better opponent than Purdue. But my point is simply this. Which offense is going to stay on the field on Friday? I don't think they're going to outgain us by a couple hundred yards or we're going to outgain them by a couple hundred yards. I don't think either team is significantly better or worse than the other when it comes to Nebraska and Illinois. Which team's going to stay on the field? Which team's going to have – a lot of times your third down conversion rate is directly connected to how many yards you get on first down because is second down second and 10 or is a second five, which makes third down third and two, third and three, or all of a sudden you get an incomplete pass on second and 10, now you're third and 10. First and third downs and being disciplined. Who's going to stay on the field? Who's going to get the other team off the field? That, along with turnovers, because we know how this season's gone for the Huskers, maybe the two most important stats about this game because I don't see either team being incredibly better than the other team. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. The people segment when we come back. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. <laughs> 